Hello and welcome to another episode of Hashtag Disruption Dialogues, a Markets and Markets podcast series for growth-minded strategy, market intelligence, and comparative intelligence professionals. Today, our host Pranjal Sharma is in discussion with Zubin Sarkar, Head of Strategy, Business Development, and Marketing at Siemens Commercial Vehicles. Hello and welcome to another episode of Disruption Dialogue. I'm Pranjal Sharma. I'm an author based in New Delhi, India, and I'm going to be in discussion with Zubin Sarkar, who is the Head of Strategy and Business Development for Commercial Vehicles at Siemens. Thanks, Zubin. Thanks for joining us today. We'll be talking about commercial vehicle electrification roadmap and also look at what are the challenges and the changes that we can foresee and what the future looks like. Thank you for having me and look forward to the discussion. Great. Now, to begin with, you know, I know there's a lot of work you've done personally and through Siemens as well, but just to get the context, uh, we have been discussing personal vehicles all the time uh, as far as the electrification goes, but there isn't a lot of discussion on commercial vehicles. So can you give us an overall sense of where we are on electric vehicles for uh, commercial usage? Exactly, Pranjal, and and as you rightly pointed out, a lot of discussion has happened for passenger cars, not so much for commercial vehicles. And to to give you a flavor, this is what we call is the EV decade. So this is the electric vehicle decade as part of the overall sustainability or ESG era, as you could call it. And why I say this is two years back when we were in the peak of COVID lockdown and we were planning for uncertain times ahead, there were a lot of discussions about all these emerging technologies like electrification of vehicles, autonomy, all this could be further postponed because governments would not have money. But then all these views have been appended and there has been an unprecedented scale of intervention from governments in terms of spend, in in terms of regulation. So we see billions of dollars now getting poured into electric vehicle infrastructure. We see very tight city level regulations in terms of which vehicles are allowed within certain zones, which also means operators and users, that they are also consciously preferring to tie themselves to Uh, lower emission or zero emission vehicles. We also see significant private sector partner collaboration plus participation in terms of developing communities with very stringent targets. Like we have the EP100 for productivity. We have the EV100 for electric vehicles. We have the RD100 for renewable energy. And all of this, plus very recently, we saw the scale of commitments from various countries uh, in, in COP26. Uh, the developed world, the US, Europe, UK committed to 2050 net zero. Even in the major BRICS economies, we have Brazil and South Africa also committing to 2050 net zero. Russia, China committing to 2060, India committing to 2070. And gradually, the, the theme of conversation has moved beyond zero emission to net zero. So zero emission is almost like a given and, and everyone is now focusing on net zero. and. This has translated into real figures on the ground. And for cars, as you just mentioned, at least in Europe, we, we see 10% adoption for electric cars in 2019. Throughout the pandemic, it became in 2020, it became 20%. In 21, it became 40% of new car sales being electric. So I'm saying battery or, or hybrids. And uh, same in China, in, in 21, we have seen two and a half times 
uh, electric car sales in 21 versus 2020. In US, also sales are doubling for electric cars in 21 versus 2020. So it's it's the the momentum has significantly changed for the better for electric vehicles. And you could question, you know, since there are a lot of overlaps in terms of technologies and supply chain between commercial vehicles and uh, passenger cars. This should also be happening for commercial vehicles, and to a good extent, it has happened for buses. And for buses in Europe, we see significant uptick for electric adoption. It was eight percent, say, for Europe in in 2019, moved up to 14 percent in 2020. It's now 20 percent in 2021. So it's gradual, not as aggressive as cars. But the elephant in the room for commercial vehicles is trucks, and there it has not happened yet. So it's it's largely at a nascent stage, and it's very interesting to see how electrification of trucks would develop. Our internal estimates, given what we see in the market, having spoken to a lot of our customers and their production plans, we think around 2030 we would. Firstly, 2024 would be a big year for trucks for electric trucks. A lot of new vehicles would be launched. Uh, new models would be launched. And also, we see close to 15, 16, 17 percent adoption for new truck sales by 2030. So, which means we have around three million of heavy-duty trucks. And by when I talk about commercial vehicles, I mean vehicles more than seven and a half ton gross vehicle weight. So, we have around three million such vehicles uh, annually sold, and we see around half a million of that, which is roughly around say 15 or 16. percent uh, to be electric by by 2030 and with significant upsides i mean there are a lot of uh, topics which are to be addressed yet for commercial vehicles and if those topics are addressed like we have seen for cars all forecasts are going up same thing is expected for commercial vehicles as well so you would make a clear distinction between commercial vehicles which involve passengers and commercial vehicles for goods because uh, obviously the, the usage the weight and the device and the profile would be very different exactly i mean commercial vehicles for passengers is is largely buses and trucks are primarily used for goods uh and and there could be some off road applications as well for trucks largely for goods but that's how we classify it but we don't see any change in trends of electrification given it is for passengers or for goods but what we know is definitely vehicles which are meant for goods they have a very different nature for example electric buses a lot more luxury and performance and driving and passenger experience oriented whereas trucks for goods they are a lot more of business case and tco oriented and hence the the kind of technologies and and the kind of uh, mechanisms at play in, in in terms of say financing and and warranties they, they are very different within this conversation there are two elements that we should look at one is about the technology and second is perhaps about the design and both will have to work together to be able to deliver on this potential now what kind of changes are you seeing today which will have an impact on the kind of technologies and the design which are more focused on users for electric commercial vehicles so for commercial vehicles especially for trucks there is a lot lot uh, in in terms of technologies which is still open and lot of variables at play and uh, we at least like till last year there was 
several limitations in terms of battery and the battery requirements to to meet the range and the there are of course cost limitations and space limitations and everything so so the technology was still not clear so either you need a big battery to meet the range and that battery the weight becomes an issue or the cost becomes an issue or the space becomes an issue uh, and then now we have fuel cells a lot of fuel cells company proactively investing and and a lot of investments also flowing into fuel cells and what we see is clearly for heavier trucks say more than 30 ton trucks we clearly see preferring fuel cells simply because fuel cells they they are expected to be much lighter in terms of for example for a 20 ton or if we take a 30 ton truck we we may need very close to say seven and a half eight ton of battery size to to meet the requirement performance if we have a fuel cell that can be easily done for two two and a half tons so we are easily saving six ton of weight and also the costs are much less of course given all the commodity inflation that has happened recently some of these costs have to be revisited but also the costs are less and the space is less so we see fuel cells really picking up for heavy trucks especially more than 30 ton between 20 to 30 ton it's really a choice of oems and and you know what sort of supply chains they have and less than 20 ton, we still see batteries, lithium-based batteries. And over there, also a lot of different technologies at play with, you know, passenger cars largely has been an NMC-driven uh, tech for, for batteries. For trucks, because of durability and cost, maybe we are, we are also looking at LFP batteries. And not to mention now there are new innovations coming up. For example, your Cummins has come up with, say, a hydrogen-based engine. And we have to see how, how the economics and how this could really disrupt, especially heavy vehicles. As far as technology goes, Zubin, there is also the autonomous part, which when uh, combined with connected vehicles creates a completely new ecosystem. And then, of course, there is the issue of retrofitting. Uh, and you have alluded to that already. Uh, are these going to be the most important dimensions of the change? Exactly. So what we see is since for commercial vehicles, since the life is much higher versus passenger cars, which means the replacement ratio of fleets is, is much lower. So if we say have 30, 40 million of commercial vehicles globally, we just have, you know, 3 million every year, 3 million is getting replaced. And since the electric part of this 3 million is also quite small, then what it translates to is this overall fleet that we have, so 30, 40 million, only a small fraction is becoming electric every year. So large part of this fleet would still remain conventional. And since heavy vehicles, they constitute a significant percentage of CO2 emissions, heavy vehicles, including off-road and everything, you know, very easily it could be 10 to 12% of your total global emissions. Of course, there are variations across countries, but around 10 to 12%, which is quite significant. We do see electrification happening in very different ways. And that's where retrofit comes into picture. So retrofit could be very cost effective. Retrofit could come up with new technologies, not just electric. It could also be partial or, or fully autonomous. And you could have other connected vehicle technologies put into the vehicle because the moment you start, you deploy a vehicle to be retrofitted. It's better to modernize it for all technologies than just doing it for one. And uh, because then you have return on the downtime and the spend that you have. And we see this entire concept significantly coming up. And by 2030, if around, say, we say around 10 to 12% of fleets, if, if they are electric through conventional, you know, new vehicle sales, another 15 to 20% could be easily targeted through retrofit. So, so that's a big number we are talking about. And there's a big opportunity in this market.
Let's talk about the business case. There is a case for retrofitting uh, existing commercial vehicles into an electric vehicle. Uh, at the same time, there could be other changes uh, which could be happening in the developed country or in emerging markets. So I think some of these issues will also be to decide the kind of investments that are going into the entire ecosystem. Exactly. I mean, the business case clearly exists. So we are already seeing a lot of opportunities in the market with a with lot of retrofitters or even conventional systems integrators coming to us with, with big opportunities. And a lot of these vehicles, say if we take off-road vehicles, say if we take mining trucks, 40-ton, 50-ton trucks, these trucks typically have lives of 15, 20, even more. And if we are retrofitting such a vehicle, say within say five years or 10 years of its life, uh, and and some some of the components which are typically a bottleneck to this life uh, primarily is the powertrain, so that is getting replaced, and also say some other mechanical or say tires and stuff, which could also be replaced. So we what we see is the vehicle life is also significantly extended. So it is almost as good as a fresh vehicle, and uh, given all the productivity gains because it's an electric powertrain, all the CO2 emissions, and fuel savings, and maintenance savings, this is very clearly this works out. Now uh, you could ask uh, clearly for bigger vehicles, with this clearly works out. If you could ask, would this work for say? school buses or something, which is also a big market seen in, in many countries. We are seeing opportunities. We are definitely seeing opportunities and maybe part of the solution of, to this business case is also having very creative financing. And that is where also Siemens, we, we come into picture. So we also offer financing where a lot of these costs are back-ended in the sense a lot of these payments would not be done in the initial stages. They would be done at a later stage based on the number of either the number of kilometers these vehicle runs or certain utilization rates for these vehicles. And the idea is as over a period of time because of inflation and other cost structures going up, this cost will be essentially coming down. So, so there are a lot of other methods to really make the business case in favor of retrofitting. Zubin, let's talk about the futuristic technologies now. What can we expect? You're a domain expert in this field. What should the users, current and potential users, expect from commercial electric vehicles? I mean, we at Siemens, we offer a lot of technologies across charging infrastructure, drive trains, and there are beyond Siemens JVs with for batteries as well. But I can comment on drive trains because that's what our business unit focuses on. And uh, what we see is that uh, for the motors, we typically have seen permanent magnet-based motors as largely the preferred model for cars, as well as for uh, city buses and for trucks. Given the say the durability of say induction motors, given the lower cost structure of induction motors there is a possibility that that could also gain ground. I mean, as of now, clearly permanent magnet motors are uh, the, the most preferred one, but we are already facing a lot of inflationary cost pressures. And especially for highway trucks, where, you know, given the drive cycle on, on highways, the energy efficiency gap, which is typically between a permanent magnet motor and an induction motor, that narrows down. And given all the other benefits of an induction motor, we could see induction motors significantly picking up, especially in, in, in regions like US and Europe, where a lot of these rare art is not available. 
So rare earth is available in abundance in, in China and they could prefer a lot more of permanent magnet motors. But uh, in, in other countries where the supply chains are not there and a lot of supply chain sovereignty is also a big topic these days, there could be a lot of preference for induction motors. The other thing that we see for uh, heavier vehicles is also the inverter technologies. So we could move to a higher voltage and uh, since these vehicles, they require much higher power. And for higher power, if we try to minimize the, the current or reduce the current, we need higher voltage. And uh, lower current can essentially reduce losses, which means these higher voltage systems are more efficient. And, and given commercial vehicles, they like efficiency and it's a very TCO driven industry. Uh, we would see movement towards silicon carbide based inverters. And that is also something that we, we are also working on. Uh, what we could also see is integration of this entire drivetrain. So the drivetrain is something that we sell is the motor and, and the inverter. Then you would also have gearboxes, especially for trucks. You would have the axle system. There could be differentials and, and all the other mechanical interfaces up to the wheel. And what we could see is that this entire system, not, you know, today we sell motors and inverters as, as separate systems, but we could see a lot of this becoming a single composite as, as a box, which is handed over by a supplier to an OEM or the OEM makes by themselves. And this box is like a plug and play for commercial vehicles. Then it significantly reduces in-house efforts to, to integrate all of these systems. That's the first benefit. Second benefit is by design. If it is integrated, there are a lot of design synergies and a lot of mechanical components which are removed, which increases overall system efficiency, which reduces weight of the system. And the space is also much less which means trucks, uh, again, because they are business case driven, they would like to see more of the payload. And then which means if the design load is much less, then that's a big benefit. And also, as we discussed, since there's always a question of the lot of space taken up by batteries, if we can save space on the motors and inverters or the drivetrain itself, that's a benefit. So we see electric axles also picking up in future, not immediately in the developed world, possibly 2025 onwards uh, at smaller adoption rates. And maybe by 2030 or 35, we see significant adoption for electric axles. What we also see for trucks, the other one is this electric highways that Siemens is offering, which means that uh, if, if, if the trucks are on predictable routes, then they would have overhead cables and there would be a pantograph which can connect or disconnect based on the presence of these cables. And these trucks are then directly drawing electricity and, and operating on this electricity, which again reduces the battery requirements, especially if a significant percentage of the travel route of these trucks are on highways. So this is an exciting idea, so when you're talking about charging throughout on a highway, are there any pilot projects on this which are worth uh, considering and uh, examining? There are pilot projects. This is another business unit in Siemens. I, I would not have full details, but there is a pilot project in Germany and funded by the German government. And, and this is being taken very seriously because the question is, would it make sense to invest in a lot more of the you know, charging stations? or to have these overhead cables. And I think it makes sense because then you would also significantly reduce the overall cost per unit truck. And I, at least I hear about a lot of JVs and, and between private sector and also funding by the government. 
the charging ecosystem is actually quite dynamic uh, right now from what we can see zubin because there are uh, there are battery swapping options there is also charging on highway that you mentioned there could be so many other technologies in in that which are also developing there are multiple options will these all coexist or do you think that with time we will settle down into one form of charging that's the thing and uh, the conclusion is there would be a coexistence of technologies at least for the next 10 years i mean first thing that we understand or or conclude is commercial vehicle electrification would be happening so so none of these variables would postpone electrification of commercial vehicles and by especially when i mean commercial vehicles i mean trucks so electrification is happening and it's going to happen in the next few years definitely by 2030 across all vehicle classes be it on road or off road so that's the first trend the second trend that we understand is there would be a mix of technologies we already see in terms of motors we already see some oems preferring induction motors some preferring permanent magnet then we also see some oems also starting with electric axles some going with the central motor concept we we already see some deployment of high voltage inverters as well and then there would be a coexistence the question is what percentage and to who how much of of the share to which technology is the big question and this is of course evolving and on the time would tell we have our internal estimates but at the same time you know we can only know for sure beyond 2035 or 2040 when you would see significant scaling up for electrification of trucks that is one and the various OEMs between themselves they have to agree to which technologies make sense in terms of convergence so till that agreement is there or standardization of specifications is there we see a healthy participation of all technologies in this field so what you're saying is that the transition period will decide which way the market goes the question then is now which i would like to pose to you is your own vision where do you think it is heading what is your contribution and role can you help us understand a little bit how would you describe your role within siemens and also uh, what would be your ambition in seeing the ideal ecosystem what we are doing is siemens first of all has been a pioneer in commercial vehicle electrification we have been telling many firsts in this field so we are the possibly the first hybrid electric bus the first battery electric bus the first fuel cell truck on a commercial scale a lot of these projects we have been doing over the last 25 years and what we plan to do now given this huge focus on esg and sustainability and net zero is we are investing for the best possible technologies so our products are extremely efficient they achieve efficiency up to 97 98% our products they have long life and maintenance free life and uh, for more than 12 years and we are using very high quality materials to reduce to offer this tco benefit to to many of for customers we are also designing this products keeping in mind net zero so not just zero emission but net zero lot of this products that we design they have more than 40% of the metal content can be recycled or is from recycled sources we are using very minimal quantity rare earth in our motors to maximize the performance so the bare minimum quantity which is required and and of course any other design considerations like you know, dismantling the, how much of this product can be dismantled and and all the other factors and also we monitor our co2 emissions both in house as well as upstream 
come from our suppliers and also the downstream CO2 emissions. So we have designed these products keeping in mind the sustainability goals of our customers as well as of nations and governments. We offer financing, very creative financing suitable to the requirements of our customers. We are also localizing, localization and supply chain sovereignty is a big topic. We are also localizing across many countries, not just in developed countries, but also in emerging countries to meet uh, national requirements. And that's primarily our focus. I mean, as, as a technology company, that's all that we could do to, to fast track electric adoption for commercial vehicles. Plus, we are also beginning to play the role of a steward for, for net zero to proactively communicate the benefits of such net zero drive trains so that there is greater adoption from operators and other stakeholders in the system. I think the commercial vehicles in the end are all about consumers, individuals, citizens and commuters. So I think the changes that you're bringing about for all of us will really make our lives better. And as you said, with a focus on net zero objectives, climate change, of course, is very important for the entire logistics sector. So thank you so much, Zubin, for joining us for this conversation. I'm sure that the work that you're doing is already visible to many of us and will be impacting urban dwellers and citizens in the years to come. Thank you again for joining us. Thank you, Pranjal. Thank you for having me. Pleasure speaking with you. And thank you to everybody who listened in and tuned in. I was in conversation with Zubin Sarkar, Head of Strategy, Business Development at Siemens Commercial Vehicles. We will see you again for the next podcast on Disruption Dialogues. Thank you for listening to Hashtag Disruption Dialogues. If you are a strategy or market intelligence professional, we invite you to join our community on LinkedIn, Hashtag Disruption Dialogues.